not today. Today's going to be a good day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is grumpy Nikki Kinzer. I'm not grumpy. Grumpy. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out this whole, like... (laughs) <laughs> am I looking at you? Do I look at me? Do I look at the notes? Where am oh, I? No, what am there's I doing? There's just a lot. Yeah. It is. It's a lot. And we're trying this whole new streaming platform. We're, we, we're trying out really StreamYard. It. It's really fun. Yeah, look at how I'm happy so, you are. I'm so happy. Jubilant. <laughs> Jubilant. Uh, we, we're... You and I are here for the for the big big final episode of of the season of season twenty five and of the year, and we're very excited about that. But we actually have a sneaky, sneaky, super sneaky guest. Yes, we do. She, she's here, but she can't say anything yet. Do you have anything you want to say about her before she can respond? She's fantastic. Yeah, she is. Amazing. Fantastic. Smart. Funny. Super funny. Yeah. Capable. Oh, Capable. all the things. She yeah. has ADHD. Ugh, like a champ with the ADHD. Mm-hmm. All right, let's bring her in. It's Melissa Bachelor, Discord mom. Hi, Melissa. <laughs> Hello. I heard what you guys were saying about me. <laughs> I prefer you right in the middle, so you're sandwiched by nice things. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Is, I like it. You. This is the. Uh, this is a, uh, not the first time you've been on the podcast. You've been on. No. You, so people know you. They definitely know you from the internet. This is Melissa from the internet. From that uh, sounds awful. Discord. Mom. <laughs> this is Discord mom, and uh, and uh, Melissa has orchestrated a, our fun times challenge today, and we'll be essentially emceeing the episode. Is that a fair way to put it? You're going to emcee at least part of it. Okay. So you're mm-hmm. the Jerry Lewis of mm-hmm. this episode throwback telethon humor nobody remembers okay uh so we're gonna get into that very soon but before we do that we got to tell you some things we want you to head over to take control adhd and when you get there you can get to know us a little bit better you can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list on the homepage and get an email when the latest episode is released each week you can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But to really connect with us, join us in the ADHD Discord community. It's super, super easy to jump in the general community chat channel. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord and you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and login. If you're looking for a little more, particularly if this show has ever touched you or helped you understand your relationship with ADHD in a new way, we invite you to support the show directly through Patreon. Patreon is listener-supported podcasting, and when you join the community, you pledge a few dollars a month, and by doing that, you guarantee that we continue to grow the show, add new features, and invest more heavily in our community. Uh, to learn more, just visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Thank you, everybody, for your support this year. Nikki, we have some news. We have some news. So I want to uh, remind everyone that GPS, the planning, guided planning sessions membership is open for enrollment right now at this very moment, and it will close on January 2nd. So if you are interested in figuring out a system around your calendar, task management, uh, having um, some information around prioritizing accountability, uh, having the space to actually do the planning. Uh, if this sounds like anything you might be interested in, please, please visit the website at GPS, well, take control ADHD and visit the, the GPS 
ATS uh, page because it has all of the information about the different benefits uh, that come with the membership. Um, and we would love, love to have you join us in this next uh, cohort. This is not something that I offer um, on an ongoing basis. We're only offering it a couple of times a year. So uh, if you're listening to this and it's open, then please go sign up. If you have any questions, you can always email me. Um, And if it's closed, put yourself on the waiting list because those people are the first to know when it opens up again. Uh, So if you happen to be listening to this after the fact, you can still go on and put yourself on the waiting list and we will get uh, into contact with you as soon as we can when it opens again. So there you have it. Take control ADHD.com slash GPS. It's very, very easy. GPS. Very easy. Very, yes. very easy. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, th- then I guess it's uh, back to my turn for some news because you know you know what time it is, don't you, Nikki? You know what time it is. Time to cook. It's text expander time. Oh. It's always text expander time. Time to text expander. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you think after doing this all year, you you <laughs> might know what it, time it always is. And let me tell you, uh, I so we always talk about text expander uh, in terms of what you could do with more time uh, each day, each week, each month. But today's today's subject uh, comes directly from my experience yesterday and how grateful I am for Text Expander because I have a lot of snippets in Text Expander. Text Expander, you know what Text Expander is. You you put your snippets, frequently typed text in the Text Expander library, and then when you expand that text by typing just a few short keystrokes, it expands to whatever that was, whether it's a sentence or a, a username or a date or some kind of calculation or entire paragraphs of text. You type a few keys and your text then populates. For me, my favorite feature today Uh, I lost my entire computer yesterday because I borked it myself. I did something stupid and I lost everything and had to reinstall from scratch. And you know, I I cannot tell you how grateful I am that Text Expander Library is cloud-based and it syncs with all of my devices, whether it's on my Mac or my uh, Windows machine or uh, Chrome or, or iPad OS, iOS. The fact that I could just download the Text Expander app and see all of my work that I had previously saved there so quickly and get right back to to the business and right back to, you know, the, all of the moves that are so programmed into my fingertips. Like I know my snippets. And when text expander isn't there, I feel naked. It's like not putting your watch on in the morning or not having your phone in your pocket. You're just nude all day. That is a computer without text expander for me. And it is incredibly powerful. You keep your message consistent, you save time, and you be more productive, and you're accurate every time. The way we work is changing rapidly. And you stay Make warm. Work work. You stay warm. You're not naked. Make <laughs> work work uh, the way your brain works by saying more and less time and less effort using Text Expander. And here's all you have to do. You can get a whole year of service with 20% off. All you got to do is visit takecontroladhd.com slash textexpander. That will whisk you over to the Text Expander sign-up page where you sign up. The 20% off will already be applied. Just takecontroladhd.com slash textexpander. I have been getting messages. I know there are people out there who are actually using December, the time of cleanup and kind of getting systems organized. Things are slowing down. People are writing me asking, hey, where can I credit uh, Take Control ADHD for my sign-up? It's takecontroladhd.com slash textexpander. It is fan fantastic and so easy thank you to text expander for sponsoring the show all right let's get to let's get to the business melissa 
everyone. It is time to play Who is Your Co-Host Anyway? I am your host, Melissa, or better known to our listeners as Discord Mom. On today's show, we have the hosts of Taking Control, the ADHD podcast, Nikki Kinzer and Pete Wright. <laughs> Welcome, contestants! Yay! Hello! <laughs> oh, we're so glad to have you. All right. We are happy to be here. I'm uh, at least I am. I, I can't speak for yeah. Pete. <laughs> no, I'm I'm definitely nervous to be here. We're here to play the game. Who's your co-host anyway? That I already said if you were listening. Here's how the game works. Earlier, we asked our contestants a series of questions about themselves. Today, we are going to be asking those same questions to the other person to gauge how well they think they know their podcast co-host. Each correct answer will award you a series of uh, points. And at the end of the game, we will learn who knows their co-host best. Oh boy. Wait, you asked, so the questions you asked me are the same yes. questions you asked Nikki? The same questions, even number two? Oh, no, they're okay. completely uh, different. You have no okay. idea what we will be asking you. Oh, well, okay. that's good. That's All what right. I want to make sure, because the, number two was pretty specific to me. And I would be surprised if she also did that thing. OK, let's go ahead. This is going to be great. <laughs> Very exciting. Okay. So to decide who goes first, I would like each of you to choose a number between one and 20. And I okay. will roll a 20 sided die. And whoever is closer to the number that I roll will go first. OK. Uh, OK. 17. Pete, pick a number. 17. Ten. All right. And 10. All right. Let's roll the dice and see. And I rolled a 10. That means Nikki oh, goes wow. first. Oh, dear. Okay. Here you we go. You may not know Pete very well, but you seem to know my dice very well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So, Nikki, for I'll the first it. question, for one point, okay. what is Pete Wright's full birthday? We're going to need month, day, and year. November 20th, 1972. You are correct. Crap. Thank you. Crap. Are you uh, upset that she knows your birthday, Pete? Yeah, I am real upset. <laughs> so I even have a scoreboard here. Oh, look. It's hard to see because of my ring light. But that nice. means that Nikki Kinzer, this is hard to do backwards, gets one point. Yay. <laughs> one point for Nikki. All right. Now we're uh, going to move on to Pete. Pete Wright, what yes. is Nikki Kinzer's full birth date? I think it's October sometime. <laughs> Maybe September. -y. It's in the fall of 1971. Going to need fall an answer. Fall 1971. That's my answer. It's fall 1971. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't oh, remember. Oh, this is where the audience would go, oh, oh. the buzzer's Because that was incorrect. We were looking for September 7th, 1972. 72? Really? We're that close? Well, yeah, I'm not a whole year older than you, Pete. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> I would like I to say now. You just present so much more mature. That's what it is. That's You're just what such it is, a grown up. Sure. I would but like can to I say just, now. Can I, can I say something yes. that sure. I kind of cheated? Because when I saw that as my question, 
because you asked me what my my birthday was, I looked Correct. to make sure that I knew when Pete's was, just in case. The you were to ask. nerve! When my own co-host knew it was in November, and I knew it was in 1972, but I didn't know the exact date. So, can I have a when, half a point? When did you look? <laughs> Yesterday. That was before Who? the game show. That is completely legal. What? Okay, good. What? what? <laughs> Thank you. She's so honest and declares her own malfeasance. And you I know, still and I still get a go? point. Unbelievable. Yes. This I is like t- turning in money you find <laughs> on the, the street. This is and the hanging chad of game shows. That's what it's called. All right, moving on. Okay, <laughs> let's keep going. I have a point. Pete does it. Go the ahead, employee, The employees and subsidiaries of Who's Your Co-Host Anyway are not responsible for any upset <laughs> feelings or arguments that may result from this game. Okay. I'm already writing a sternly worded letter. What is number two? All right. Number two is for Nikki. We have one. This one is for one point as well. Who would Pete Wright's number one dream guest be on the ADHD podcast? <laughs> His dream co-host, or not co-host. <laughs> I hope you don't have a co-host dream. Um, guest. Uh, oh, boy. Um, it would be probably somebody really techie. Like uh, um, the, the founder of Text Expander. There you Ooh, go. That is- that's, my, that's my answer. That is a great answer. It is also wrong. So Pete's answer was Prince. Um, he did elaborate. He said, yes, he is dead, dead, but he probably had ADHD and he's a dream guest. Hunter okay. y'all. All right. I wouldn't have gone with someone who yeah. was dead, but that's all right. Okay. Dream guest. Oh, it was an yes. open field. There you go. That's, that's, that's true. true. We did not specify a live. You or did dead, not. So. Nope. All right, Pete, for one point, mm-hmm. who would Nikki's mm-hmm. number one dream guest be on the ADHD podcast? I have no other choice but to play Jason Mraz, only because I feel like she just wants to get closer to him at any given point. That's a good answer. But it's also incorrect. But, it's also uh, wrong. <laughs> Nikki's answer yeah. was Mel Robbins. Which I knew you would never guess. Who is Mel? I don't even know who Mel Robbins is. She is, uh, she has a podcast. She has a book. She's like, I follow her on Instagram. So she's very like inspirational, kind of like a Tony, are, Tony Robbins, uh, right? But she has okay. ADHD. Okay. So it'd be really interesting to me to interview her around like her message and ADHD. Um, I knew you would not get that. And I almost I said Jason Mraz. So you're close, but. Well, I'm sure, wrong. according to the uh, fly-by-night rules of this game show, I will not get a half a point for it. No, I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> the employees and subsidiaries okay. of Who's Your Co-host Anyway do not appreciate <laughs> the shade. The shade. All right. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're back to Nikki for one point. Okay. In this question, we tested Pete's physical prowess. Would Pete rather fight one Elephant-sized frog, or fifty frog-sized elephants. I'm going to say one elephant-sized frog. 
Well, wow. you had a 50-50 chance of being correct, and you were not. Oh, dang. <laughs> Verbatim, okay. Pete's response was, oh, God, 50 frog-sized elephants. Are you kidding me? An elephant-sized frog is a dinosaur. No way. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. All right, Ed, we're back to Pete. Currently, just a, an update um, on the score. Nikki has uh -huh. one point, and Pete has yet to get on the board. There's still time. Uh, hey, thanks Pete, for the update. This next, this next question is for you. For one point, we asked Nikki, if there were an alternate reality where you, Pete, did not follow your current reality life path of entering the world of journalism and podcasting, what career would you be good at? How do you think Nikki responded? Um, wow, that's a, that's a good question. No journalism, no podcasting. Um, I, it, I, like, I imagine, I want to say something completely like, uh, uh, like join the circus or something. Like it'd be completely outside my realm, like astronaut. But my hunch is she took it a little bit more seriously than that. And, and, uh, uh, maybe an uh, adventure photographer. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. <laughs> and if you had gone with your first instinct of circus performer, I would have accepted that because what? Nikki's response was an actor or entertainer. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then this morning I was thinking about that question and I almost wanted to to ask Melissa if I could change my answer to like a director. Like I could see you directing yeah. films too. So something in the industry, film industry. Yeah. Uh, it would that it would have been very, very close. Would yeah. have been very, very yeah. close. Yeah. Circus performer, wow. entertainer. All right. Well, so Acapar, yeah. singer. 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 Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Also mm -hmm. a great answer. Yeah. So far, we have asked our contestants three questions apiece. And it doesn't seem like they know their co-host all that well. But we do have more questions to ask our co-hosts after we take a break to hear a few questions for our co-hosts that have been sent in from the listeners of the ADHD podcast. All right. Pa Patreon Standing. subscribers can tune in after the podcast to catch the second half of our game show and learn who actually knows their co-host best? If you're not currently a Patreon subscriber, you can head over to patreon.com slash, slash the ADHD podcast to learn more and subscribe so you can hear the rest of the game show. Such a there pro. You go. What a yes. pro. Woohoo. Oh. Pete, we got to do better. I know. I know. <laughs> Melissa's coming for both our jobs. It's <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So I think Melissa, I think since you're here, you should you should tee up the questions. Oh dang. All right. All right. Yeah. You guys are really putting me to work today. Uh -huh. Yes, we are. That's right. That's all right. That's kind of my job. All right. So we got some great questions from our listeners. Thank you everybody who submitted them. So we're going to start off with our first question. What are your thoughts on ADHD coaching as a resource for managing ADHD? Well, 
being that I am an ADHD coach, I do think it's a very important piece of uh, the overall management of ADHD. So of course, I'm a big believer in coaching. Uh, I think it's a terrific resource. I definitely think, you know, as I've said in the show before, there's this puzzle that happens when you're navigating your ADHD. And coaching is one part of that puzzle. Um, as uh, medication is a is a piece, therapy is a piece. Um, there's a lot of different uh, strategies, things like that, right? That that are all pieces around um, navigating and managing your ADHD. Coaching is different than therapy, so I think it's important that people understand that there is a difference. Um, coaching is is more focused forward. It's more more goal oriented. Um, you definitely have to be in a place to uh, receive, um, receive information around your ADHD to, to, to better understand it. Uh, coaching, uh, allows the space to have acceptance around your ADHD, because now that you kind of understand more about how it affects you, you can learn more about how to work with it rather than against it. And so a lot of those strategies and things, systems that we build happen in coaching, uh, where therapy can be a little bit more of the emotional piece, more around, uh, your past and, and how you're dealing with those kinds of things, um, that, that could be trauma related or, you know, things that are more therapeutic, uh, conversations. It's not always an affordable, uh, piece for some people. So I suggest that if you can't afford an ADHD coach, um, to definitely still look into group coaching, which is sometimes, um, well, most of the time will be, uh, not as expensive support groups around uh, your town or city. Chad has a lot of different support groups that are free. Uh, newer coaches that are looking for hours to get certified is always a good place to go to. Um, and then, of course, finding your uh, community, your ADHD community, um, like ours with Patreon and ADA is a great organization that has a lot of different support groups for adults with ADHD. So it, it's uh, it's a piece of it. And uh, I definitely think it's a great resource. And um, yeah, I highly recommend it, guys. <laughs> oh, surprising everybody, Nikki Kinzer is a bull on coaching. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> I don't really have anything to add to that other than okay. I, I guess I mean I think you just said it like it's it, it, it's the practical side it, it's the actual living skills side of living with ADHD and I think it's incredibly important so uh, ADHD coaching is a resource for managing it is really centrally a resource for managing ADHD like uh, uh, above Absolutely. all of the sensory stuff that you deal with with medication and mindfulness and all that stuff so yeah mm -hmm. it's huge our next question um, comes from someone who says, I enjoyed your tech member series, and I wondered if you had thoughts on browser tab overload. To be clear, I don't think this can be solved with tools alone. I have Toby, one tab, tab limiter, multiple Chrome pro profiles, and I still have 50 tabs open. It seems very similar to the email overload problem with a couple major differences. First, Old tabs don't roll off the screen. They hang around forever, making it harder to find what you're currently focusing on. You can also open these tabs yourself so you can't delegate and you can't go back to your boss and ask them to prioritize things for you. I think that this is all due to unfinished shopping or research due to indecision, poor organization, 
uh, being unsure what to do with interesting things, knowing that if I bookmark them, they disappear forever. Giving myself more stuff to do while procrastinating, like saying I'll read this later. Or no integrated to-do list system, so these unfinished tasks just hang around forever. I'm curious how you would approach this problem. I'm a bit overwhelmed and can't figure out where to start. Surprising, maybe, uh, everybody. I do have thoughts. Uh, Nikki, and do you, do you, giving I, this would to I be you, interrupting Pete. you? Okay. All right. Well, I, I don't no want to step all this. over your brilliant, brilliant <laughs> ideas, but I do have some thoughts. Uh, my, my first is just in the spirit of no judgment, right? Like, let's just stop and ask, what is the problem with having a lot of tabs? Because I know a lot of people who just forgiven themselves for saying, you know, I've got a lot of tabs and sometimes they get really cluttered and sometimes I have to restart and I lose a bunch of stuff. And, and maybe that's okay, right? Like maybe it's just the way you use your computer. And I, I it used to be the thing where having having a lot of open tabs would really slow things down. Like you couldn't functionally use your browser. And if you are on an older system, you might still kind of experience that, that, that you need to close tabs because they're a disaster for your just general like operation of the device. But it's less so on newer things. And so I, I don't think that's a huge problem. I think the real issue, if you find it's a problem, I think the real issue is trying to solve it with tab management tools. Because to my mind, that's not the problem. The problem is the behavior of opening tabs and not considering those tabs just another incoming signal. Your browser is just another inbox. And remember, my theory on inbox is you've got to have one of them. So that incoming signal, when you have an opening open tab, it's part of a project or a task that you have to schedule time to do. Where does it go? You It goes into your task management system. So the way I deal with this personally is I happen to have a, a shortcut set up for my uh, browser where I just say, okay, here's a tab. It's related to a project. I click the little, for me, the little button in my tab bar for that sends the tab to Todoist. And it sends the link into Todoist where I can write a little note, uh, paste any information in there. And then I can schedule that for when I'm going to come back to it. And so I don't have a library of 50 different tabs. I don't have to have multiple profiles because every single tab that I open goes into the work project that I'm working on related to that tab. And when I'm finished with it, I close it. Now, that might not work for everybody, but I would just offer that maybe tab management tools like OneTab and, and Toby and all those aren't the tools that you should be looking at to help solve your tab problem. Really focus on those tabs as you would any other piece of information, whether it's an, a PDF or a link to an email or, uh, or you know, some other document that comes in that you need to deal. That so is the website that is associated with that tab. Treat it like any other bit of information. And I think you'll, you'll find you clean that up. I don't know. What am I, did I miss anything, you guys? No, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, and I think looking at it that way is really helpful to see it as it's something that's incoming that you need to process. I, I like that yeah. angle of it. Yeah. Good. And I think, I mean, even down to unfinished shopping, like I have a shopping list in Todoist, right? And I have it actually mm -hmm. broken up by section by person. And so if I have an incoming tab of something that I see online or I find it on, on, on you know, social or somewhere, I just send it to the to Todoist. And then I, when it comes time to shop for somebody's birthday or, or Christmas, I go to their list and I see all the things that I dropped in there. And I don't have to worry about indecision because it's all right there. Like I don't, have, it doesn't have to sit there for three months in my open tabs list 
where I'll forget the relevance of it <laughs> in no time, right? Well, um, I think you you so. hit something there, right? Because I'm wondering if the fear is I need to keep this open so I don't forget about it. Yeah. But when you have 100 tabs open, you're not remembering it. It's not yeah. an effective way to remember something. So I think, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Good. I like it, Pete. I always learn something from you when it's tech related. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I, I hope so. I hope so. All right. Let's move on to our next question. This is also a tech related question for Pete. It says, mm -hmm. it's no secret that Pete Wright loves his tech. My question for Pete deals with a hypothetical situation. Picture this. Pete, I think you should close your eyes for this. Really, really get a good picture. <laughs> okay. All right. Really good. It's get December in. 31st, 2022 at 11.59 p.m. The ball is dropping. Midnight. Happy New Year. Except, what's that? Nationwide power outage. For whatever reason, the U.S. seems to be experiencing the nightmare scenario that was predicted for Y2K. There is no more electricity. No one knows how long it's going to last or if the power will ever come back. Can Pete Wright survive this apocalyptic scenario? I think because that is a binary question that you asked, I will give you a binary answer. No, um, I <laughs> don't think Pete Wright can survive that, but for many reasons. But let's be honest, like a zombie apocalypse, I'm the guy just going to run into the crowd of zombies. Let's just end it quickly because I just have like, I don't have a lot of patience for survival skills. <laughs> like I'm just not made made for that. I, I don't think I am. The 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 other part of the question, right? Like if you take the apocalypse out of it, um, you know, let's say there is a massive crash of systems and I lose a bunch of data. Uh if, if I know anything about humans and organizational systems, like we rebuild. I am a, a huge optimist on rebuilding systems. And if I lose a lot of data, um, I start collecting data again, right? I, I just start over and I recognize and give myself permission to know that I've lost things and I'm going to have to figure that out and I'm going to have to figure out what to do with myself. It might cause me to change gears. And I think I learned that when I had my photo apocalypse, when my entire photography career of, uh, you know, 100,000 images was decimated in equipment failure that I hadn't backed up uh, because of equipment failure. And, um, and, and I realized that, you know, data is ephemeral. Even when it's saved on multiple hard disks and multiple cloud services, it could be lost at any minute. And I have to be okay with that. And that was a hard, hard lesson, a very depressing lesson to learn. And it was because of my, just my bent. But so much of my behavior around how I organize my data on my computer is because I love organizing my data on my computer. And not because I really need to keep all that data forever and ever. It's because it's part of my personality. It's how my brain works. If if things are lost, I build new systems because that's how my brain works. I build new systems. That's fantastic. I like that. I love I like that the, answer. I love that you turned a silly question into a thoughtful response. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Focusing at work is hard. <sighs> I know yep. it. It is. <laughs> Some days are better than others. True. What is a good strategy to employ for those tough days when your brain just wants to look at everything but work? 
Yes. So boy, we have those days. We have, and especially with ADHD, I think that like I will talk to clients and they'll talk about how like some days ADHD is louder than other days. Um, I think if you're having a really hard time at work uh, and, and focus is, is the issue, acceptance uh, accepting that, Hey, this is difficult right now. So if you keep trying to focus, the harder you try to focus, the harder it's going to be to focus. So I would say, um, at this point, take a, take a break, take a little bit of a break, um, and get outside and, you know, breathe, get some exercise, do get something to get that dopamine hit. Right. Um, talk to your accountability partner and, and let them know what you're going to work on so that you have something to, to uh, or you have an accountability partner to kind of help you and check in with you that can make a big difference. Um, so I would say that when you're having a, a tough time, look, you know, look at what strategies you have in your toolbox and do one of them and see if it can't help break that, um, that moment of not, uh, of wanting to do everything but work. Um, the other thing I think is that it's really common for, uh, for ADHDers to have a really productive day and then the next day not be productive. And so know that that's kind of a normal thing to have happen because, you know, you, you've spent your energy. And so now you're sort of on that, um, that downfall of, okay, recuperating, you know, from the high productive day yesterday. So that's where the acceptance comes in and just says, okay, you know what? It's okay. I had a great day yesterday. Maybe I, you know, set a, a, a realistic goal of maybe one thing to do before the work day, just so you can feel like you did something. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes you just have to throw your hands in the air and say, I'm done for today and I'm going to start again tomorrow. And that's a-okay. I agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, the, the one thing that that strikes me that I feel like um, that the the people who know me and know my ADHD and also live with ADHD do well is that they will tell me, hey, um, your not your inability to focus right now is impacting my inability to focus and and so or my ability to focus. And so sometimes like you need people like when you talk about accountability partners, you need people who are not afraid to tell you, hey, this is what you're doing right now. And you need to, to know that that's what you're doing. And because sometimes I don't even know that I'm not focusing because I'm so into what I'm looking at. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? Yeah. And, yeah, and so I, I think it's reciprocal, like practicing that behavior yourself with others is it makes you more willing a recipient when somebody does it to you. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's something that. that came to mind when um, Steve Jobs had this quote, and I'm going to probably mess it up, but it it I, I, it's one of my favorite favorite quotes about going to bed, um, you know, one step closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would kind of look at is like, what's one thing I could do so that I can go to bed peacefully and not yeah. with regret, but yeah. just one thing, one thing that will get me closer. For sure. And then for sure. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> this day is over. Yeah. Right. This broadcast <laughs> day is over. Fuzz. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any self-confidence tips for college students who struggle studying for exams? It seems like they struggle mostly because they're never happy, however long or hard that they try, or that they fail exams because they overthink everything. It feels like an ADHD trap of perfectionism and low self-esteem. 
Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll start with this one and then I'll be interested to hear what you have to say, Pete, as being a past professor, <laughs> Professor Pete. Uh, so a couple of things um, with college students that have ADHD. First, first thing I would say is if you do not have accommodations, I highly, highly recommend that you um, sign up for them ASAP. One of the accommodations that you can have that uh, are is really helpful around uh, test taking is you can take the test in a different uh, location. So you're not distracted by the people that are around you. You know, are you are they getting the test done quicker than you are? Are you too slow? Like you don't have to worry about any of that anxiety. You can take it in, in a separate place. You can also have extended time on a test, which can be very helpful for you not to have to rush where you can actually double check your answers and, and take the time you need to finish the exam. So, you know, those are a couple of accommodations that can help with test taking. Um, but, but get them, even if you don't feel like you need them, you may need them at some point and, and they are there for, um, support. Talk to your professors. If you are, uh, if you realize after the first midterm or first paper that you turned in that you didn't do very well, uh, especially if you did spend a lot of time studying for it, highly recommend that you go into the professor's office hours and talk to them about it. Tell them how you studied, tell them what you did to prepare, and then ask their advice on how to, how to improve that or what to focus on. Um, and that can kind of curve a little bit of if you're taking too long um, on something, but definitely have that open communication with your professor. Uh, all of these things will, I hope, build your confidence and time as you notice that you're starting to get better grades. Um, limit your classes. So I think that this is a big um, deal for ADHDers that I think sometimes, you know, we get in this trap of, oh, you have to graduate in four years, you have to take, you know, 16 credits. You know what, take three, three classes. Maybe you graduate in five years, but it will be uh, worth it because you're not going to be as stressed. You're not going to have to transition from class, you know, for four different classes, even dropping just one can make a big difference. So I would look at how many classes, you know, the class load that you're taking, how hard the classes are um, that you're taking. Use student resources. Um, most universities and colleges have uh student services to help you. They have um, coaches, they have study groups, they have classes that you can take on how to study, how to manage your time. Definitely take advantage of those things because it's not easy and it's not set up in an ADHD friendly way. So it's important that you advocate for yourself and, uh, and find out what works best for you. And the last thing I would have to say is just continue with a growth mindset. We've talked about that a lot in the past. Um, but it's really important, I think in, in college or any kind of, um, school setting, learn from what you've, what, what's happening. If you failed, okay, learn from it, figure out how you can uh, change that and really just keep growing and looking for the resources that you need. Cause there is a lot of support out there and um, you just need to find it. I, all of that. Uh, and I, you know, the thing that sticks out to me here is that they struggle mostly because they are never happy however long or hard they try. And I think it's important to uh, to at least consider whether happiness is the goal during your studies. Um, I Happiness is an outcome, but if you're striving to find a system that will allow you to do hard work and be happy at the same time, that I think 
is the frustration connection, yeah, right? right? When when overwhelm uh, overwhelm meets reality, right? Like you're not going to be happy when you're doing the work. You're going to it's going to be hard work and it will hurt and it will cause late nights and it will be struggle and that's okay. It's supposed to. You make the choice to go to college. Like it's supposed to be hard work. It's supposed to challenge you and the happiness comes after you do the hard work and are able to reflect on the journey, right? Happiness right. is a result of the journey and it's okay not to be happy during the, the process. I think happiness is a loaded word and doing so, like uh, applying that filter to the college experience, I think it risks leading to kind of an entitlement culture. Like I, this, this class doesn't make me happy, so I'm gonna drop it. And I, I think that's that's a mistake. Right. You, you got to know really that things, good are, point. things are hard. Uh, school is hard. And if you go in with hard work is like happiness is the result of the hard work, then the hard work not making you happy won't be so painful. Um, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, I think the, the other piece apart from, you know, yes, make use of the entitlements. And definitely, if you can, if you can afford it, definitely take fewer classes at a time. Um, it, it, the, it, the other thing to remember, and this goes into I, I think I'm reading ahead a little bit. It, but it goes into the next question that there is not one system that is going to allow you to succeed at all your classes all the time. And going in with that as an assumption that you can somehow find a system that will work long term for you getting through your entire college experience is also a fool's errand. Your systems will change. Be ready to adapt to that and use your ability to focus on on one thing deeply as a as a gift and then know that sometimes it's going to be distraction. And and, you know, I think if you give yourself permission to 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 think about the fact that things will be hard, you will be distracted and you're going to have to make use of all the tools, not just one tool. Um, I, I think you have a better experience at achieving happiness when you're done. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Am mm -hmm. I am I being too hard edged about no, that? No, I I love that you you picked up on that distinction and and noticed the happy piece of it. I, yeah, no, I think that's great. Is there any way to stick with a system that will work for both project management and task management? Currently, I'm playing around with Obsidian, Craft, and OmniFocus, and some command line. Is that Utilities, Pete? Yes. Okay, from Brett Terpstra and haven't landed on anything? Well, uh, good choices, all of them. Um, and I, I think this is the this is the peril of uh, ADHD system selection. It's uh, it's hard. And is there a way to stick with a system? I've never found it. I, <laughs> I have a system. <laughs> I have a system that's working for me right now. But uh, I would I change. would lay heavy odds on that system changing as tools change, as my workflow changes, as the demands on my brain change. This one is probably the longest that it's stuck in any way, shape, or form right now. The system I use, which is fantastic, Cal Todoist uh, and uh, Obsidian, uh, or uh, Obsidian and DevonThink for my long-term library. But that is, I make no assumption anymore. As many years as I've been doing it, I make no assumption that that system is going to stick with me for the long term. That being more than the next six months, right? Like it, it is, it is constantly in flux. And and I think um, if if there's anything that you know, my <laughs> lots of years looking for systems has taught me, even though not as uh, quite as many years as Nikki, uh, because she's she's so much more mature than I am, um, is that apparently uh, by a whole year, yeah, by a whole year. <laughs> 
<laughs> systems uh, systems are are going to change, and that is both the curse of systems and also the blessing of these fantastic tools that we have to be able to test and play with. And and I Absolutely. I see that part as a gift, and the exploration is the is the fun part. And uh, uh, so and I, I would changes. add one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the work yeah. changes. I would add one one thing to that uh, that I, I think is important. In all of your explorations of systems, future-proof them by making sure that you're not locked into any particular format. That's why I love Obsidian, because it's all text. And I can take those text files from my system, you know, explorer, and I can move them to any other system that I want, because plain text is future-proof. Um, you know, Craft lets you get your stuff in and out of its system, even though it's not as easy as drag and drop. You can download all of your stuff as plain text. OmniFocus, it also has, like, you can export all of your tasks as a, uh, a interoperable sort of comma separated value like plain text like spreadsheet of all of your work if you want to get out of OmniFocus. So I, I think that's, and that's what, you know, you drop Brett Terpstra, he's been a guest on this show a number of times. Uh, you know, that's also Brett's bent is work in something that can be reduced to text because that makes it interoperable. You can change tools all the time, anytime you want. And and so, you know, I, I guess that's where, where I would, where I live. Well, and, and something that I, uh, that I picked up on this, like, so you know how in the other one you picked up the whole happiness thing? What I'm uh -huh. picking up is how are you using, wh what's the definition between a project management and task management? Because you're asking, yeah, is there a way good. to stick with a system that will work for both project and task management? I want to know what, how you are defining those things. Because to mm -hmm. me, that's the same thing. That's the same system. You have right. a project, you break it down into tasks. Yes. So I would want to know how they're thinking about that. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because Obsidian, is, if I, and Pete, you can correct me, that's an information management system more so than a task management system. Uh, again, or you both? can, it, like it's maybe both. you can make it both. You can yeah. absolutely so, you put task lists in Obsidian for sure. Okay, perfect. So that could be something that you could do all, all projects broken down into yeah. tasks information. So I think that when you're um, when you're looking at different systems, nothing is going to be perfect. And uh, but being very clear about what the purpose is that you need the system to, to what you need it to do for you. And then I go with what Pete is saying, you have to practice, you have to just play around with it and see how it works. And then, you know, you're going to have to manipulate it in ways that will work for you. Um, yeah. But make the decision because the longer you wait to make the decision, the more you're in chaos of what yeah. you're going to do. And, and that's a terrible place to be. So that would be my two senses. Be clear of what you need the systems to do for you and then try them. Just a quick little shameless plug for our platinum level of Patreon. That's where we offer Coffee with Pete, which is a monthly get together where we normally talk about all things tech. And we, Pete answers questions like this. In fact, it, I'm thinking of our last meeting where uh, we actually discussed a lot of these different things. We did, and, yeah. Um, I just got Obsidian. Um, I got something to deal with my tabs. And they have been very fun. And it's kind of like trying not to pick up all the things because they all sound amazing. But yes. All right. Our next question is a heavy one. So get ready for both of you. Mm -hmm. Cake or pie? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
if I had to choose between cake or pie, I would say cake. But I like pie and I like cake, but I also like brownies and I like ice cream and I like donuts. And <laughs> there's not a lot yeah. of sweets that or pastries that bake goods that I don't like. Yes. Yes. It's a donut pie cake is what you oh. want. It sounds like a donut pie cake. Yeah, I am also sure. a cake uh, in the cake uh, category uh, and it is a red velvet. I'm not a fan of the cream cheese frosting. Mm. Uh, I like just regular old icing, like a, a plain old or a ganache. Like I, I really don't, I don't like the cream cheese in my, fr- I, I think cheese is, is meant for, you know, cheese Crackers. things and, and frosting <laughs> is, is meant for frosting things. And, um, you know, a hot dog is not a sandwich. So there you go. It's true. It's not. I agree with mm-hmm. you. Well, it's a taco. It's not a taco. It's not a taco. That is like slander. A taco is so far from sandwich. I've never even heard that question posed. (laughs) Savages. No, a hot dog is a taco. No, it is not. Not even close. In terms of the, it is closer. It is closer in many ways to taco than sandwich. All right, we're we're going to. Well, this is clearly an after show conversation. What's next? (laughs) All right. My brother, age 26, was recently diagnosed with ADHD and ASD or autism spectrum disorder. He's been struggling a lot lately and gets easily upset or frustrated. I think routines could help with the autism, but they seem to be so hard to stick to when you have ADHD. Do you have any suggestions about how to stick with routines that half of your brain needs, but the other half of your brain doesn't want? Yes, I I do not have any suggestions. So this is where um I'm not the right person to ask because I don't have the the education uh, or understanding of ASD um as much as you would probably need to answer this question. So I would say uh to ask your doctor, therapist or another professional who has experience with both um ADHD and a- ASD to talk to you about how they work together and, and what might help. Um, but honestly, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that, that makes me feel, uh, I'm, I am sad because I know just how hard those, that, that, that complication is of dealing with both of those Mm -hmm. things when it seems like they're in such, such odds with each other. Um, and, um, I know that there are people out there who are specialists in, in helping to, to create those systems and, I, I, I like Nikki. I'm not that person. Yeah. All right. This is our final question from our listeners. Do either of you have any other podcast channels that you would recommend for either ADHD, ASD, or just generally fun podcasts? Wow. Um, okay. Well, Nikki, you want to go first? I have a library of like yeah. a million podcasts. So I don't actually listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, <clears throat> I And when I do, it's usually when I'm like cleaning the house or I'm doing something, you know, on the weekend. Cleaning. I'm either organizing or cleaning or doing something. Um, but there are some that I that I have subscribed that I really like. Um, I like true crime. So I like Crime Junkies as my favorite true crime um podcast. I also like small town dicks. 
it's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> it's about two uh, detectives um, that are in my town. Like the small town is my town. So it's really interesting to me because awesome. it's all like a lot of local stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I listen to like some business um some business uh, podcasts, like I'm a huge fan of Amy Porterfield, Business Wars, American Scandal, Smart Smartless with Jason Bateman and his crew, How I Built This, Armchair Expert. Um, I really enjoy. I'm a Wondery subscriber, so I I can get all of their podcasts, and I love it. Like I never really thought that I would like subscribe to a channel like that but i really like their shows and so a lot of times i'll just go in there and and pick something but it's either true crime or business <laughs> I, or interviews. I think yeah entertainment interviews. interviews yeah i think that uh as a as an adhd podcaster i don't know if this is i don't know if this is consistent but as an adhd podcaster i don't listen to other adhd podcasts oh i don't either I'm, pete at I, all yeah like i'm done I'm done with ADHD like broadcasting after we do it. And yeah. like I do it sometimes to learn if we're doing specific research, I listen, but I don't subscribe to don't other either. ADHD podcasts. And I think that might, I, I don't know. I worry about the message that that sends. Like I, I do consume other ADHD content, but my podcasts are protected space for my personal brain. And uh, so I listen to the stuff I love, love as podcasts. Well, so. and Pete, I think with that note too, like I think it's, um, for me personally, it gets me into a different place. Like I'm not necessarily just listening to the interview. I'm thinking about, you know, yeah. oh, should we have this person on our show? Like, totally. how would our interview it's be worked. different? Like, right. oh, oh, I like that they did this. Should we do this? Like, yeah. I I go into comparison mode and like, oh, we should be doing this. And, and it makes me not, it totally yes. takes away from what it's supposed to be. So I don't listen to others. A hundred percent. Support them. One hundred percent. I think it's yeah. great. <laughs> but yeah. I don't listen. Um, I listen to, let's see, Accidental Tech Podcast, Three Nerds Talking About Hardcore Nerd Stuff. I love After the Whistle with Brandon Hunt and Rebecca Lowe uh, is about the World Cup. And it's a podcast that is only existing for the World Cup, but I am super into it. Brandon Hunt is Coach Beard on Ted Lasso. And uh, oh, Rebecca Lowe is an NBC, yeah. Yeah, NBC journalist. Uh, and they are so smart and they have great guests. Um, uh, Automators is a great uh, nerd show about automating mostly your Mac, but a lot of automation stuff. Um, let's see, a lot of movie podcasts. I like Cinephile Hissy Fit is fun. Um, connected, a lot of the Relay FM nerd shows I listen to and, and love very, very much. Uh, Dear Hank and John, um, the Focus Podcast. Uh, oh my gosh, Glass Cannon Podcast Network. Melissa made me listen to that, and I love it so so much. I can't even get enough of it. Gank That Drank is a supernatural uh, drinking game podcast that's funny. Um, that just moved to the True Story FM Network, which I think is is <laughs> awesome. Kermode and Mayo's uh, take is uh, a, a movie podcast that's like uh, you know Siskel and Ebert, but they're British, and so who can go wrong with that? Um, oh my gosh, I could go on Cortex. I, we've talked about Cortex before, uh, CGP Gray and Mike Hurley talking about uh, how they organize their lives, uh, their YouTubers and podcasters. And I love it. My brother, my brother and me from the McElroys. And um, 
oh my gosh, Robot or Not, which is a weirdly long-running show, 249 episodes. They're all about five minutes long, in which Jason Snell, journalist, and John Syracuse, resident, incredibly brilliant nerd, uh, rule on the meaning of various words and concepts. And it started with, is this thing a robot or is it not a robot? And they talk about, at some great detail, answering whether or not that thing is a robot. Uh, it, it, but it evolved once they ran out of robots to things like garlic. Is garlic a vegetable, an herb, a spice, or what? And they answer that question in, at the level of depth you would not expect from a stupid show like that. Robot or not is amazing. Is it a house or a boat? If it floats, it's a boat. Or is it? That kind of stuff. They, it's fantastic. I love that show so much. Robot or not. And it's like five minutes long. Like you cannot lose with Robot or Not. It's great and stupid and a great also and stupid and great. <laughs> that is all. Wow, you have a lot of them. Oh, and that's just, I mean, that's just a, I'm cherry picking through my set of shows. Yeah. I, I subscribe to way too many shows. Like I subscribe to a lot of, and I listen to all of them on double, uh, sometimes 2.5 speed. <laughs> that's how that's how I rock my podcast. That's awesome. That is all. There you have it. I think that's the show, that right? It? That's that all the, the questions. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. That was super, super fun. Uh, as fun. Melissa said earlier, we are going to continue the How Well Do You Know Your Host uh, game, uh, even though it is steeped in fraud and controversy. Uh, really we're going to do is. that after the close of the show. And uh, we hope that <laughs> members stick around and listen to the rest of it. Uh, but in the meantime, Melissa, thank you so much for preparing all of this and being on the show. We love you so much. Yes, we Absolutely. Do. Thank you, guys. I had such a good time. And uh, thank you for having me. And we appreciate all of you for listening and downloading this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to this conversation, we're heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level or better. Uh, programming note, if you've listened this far, starting in season 26, we're changing our release days from Tuesdays to Thursdays. Shouldn't impact you too, too much, but that's happening for season 26 when we come back in January. Uh, also, <laughs> we're coming back in January. We're going to go on a break for the holidays enjoy your holidays. You're amazing. We'll see you in Discord, though. We're not going too far. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer and Melissa Batchelor, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you right back here next week, next year, next year on <laughs> Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. 